Uh, gizmo there? Uh, ukulele, not a ukulele. Uh, is that mandolin? Is that yeah. the same thing? Same old one. It looks red. <laughs> it is red. Well, the other one looked brown. <laughs> and you, I like this. Ah. Twirling and thumping and... You, of course. When I go grow up, I'm going to be your twin. <laughs> if you weren't so old, I'd adopt you. Where's my stuff? Where's it? What do you guys do with my stuff? I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that gun. Music stand thieves. Oh, no, I'm going to have two. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We're uh it, it's it's uh, getting to be a little more Christmassy in my house, and uh, Sarita works really really hard to bring that flavor to our to our home, and uh, she is she is so high tech. You know how you ladies will burn potpourri, you'll make that potpourri and, and, and it, it just fills the house with that, that smell of cinnamon and apples and you work so hard doing that, well I tell you what, my bride has got you beat, hands down. It's called Glade. So I smell like potpourri too, or potpourri if you're from my side of town. Yeah, I crack myself up sometimes. Don't, I can't make you laugh. Okay. Well, um, the message is, have you any room? And as we look at the, the passage of Scripture regarding the birth of Christ, we all know the story of of. Jesus' birth, and there's some things that, that are a little fictional that I want to straighten out. But let me, let me uh, open with scripture here, Luke 2, 1 through 7. Dr. Luke writes, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census each to his own city. Now, that was city of their birth, okay? Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is also called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. She wasn't with child, friends. She was out there. 
While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Seriously? No room for Jesus? No room for anybody? Really? Couldn't find a place to stay. You'd think by somebody would take pity on a very pregnant woman that day, but no one did. Why not? Why didn't anybody take pity on, on this pregnant woman? I've got a, I was going to put it up, but I, Shelby would have killed me. But I've got this beautiful picture. It, it's, it's a wonderful picture of her and Rachel downstairs. And, and it, it, Shelby looked like she was ready to pop. And, and here's, here's Rachel, and they're smiling at each other. Well, Shelby wasn't really smiling, but Rachel was smiling. And she, was, she had a hand... Well, sisters, you know, I'm the, the baby. And it, it, was, it was precious. We're going to put that up. Well, why not? I'm going to get to that in a minute. A church held a Christmas pageant with a group of four-year-olds. Think about that one. Four-year-olds in a Christmas, uh, Christmas pageant. Aren't they precious? And they still talk about the time that the little boy burned down the front of the church. <laughs> Oops. And you just never know what's going to come out of the mouths of these little darlings. Everything went along pretty well until Mary and Joseph arrived at the inn. The four-year-old Joseph asked, Do you have any room for us? No, replied the four-year-old innkeeper. The inn is full. Go away. But it's so cold outside and my wife is going to have a baby. Don't you have any place for us? Well, that touched the little innkeeper's heart. And he says, ad lib, you know, four-year-old. I'm not supposed to say this, but my mom would say, you come right on in. (laughs) Our Bible passage this morning says in verse 7, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in clothes, and laid him in a manger... And that's the feeding trough, because there was no room for them in the inn. I know there's babies, including my wife, that were, their, their, their bassinet was a, a drawer, clothes drawer. She was a preemie. And, and, uh, but there's plenty of room in that house. But down through the ages, there's been a few misunderstandings about the Christmas story. I want to, I wanna, and really, this, this, there's no joke here. This is, this is true stuff. Um, Jesus was not born on December 25th. He, he, he wasn't. Um, more likely it was the latter part of the month of September, maybe into October, because in the wintertime the sheep were not kept out on the, in, the, in the fields. They were, they were in, their, in the fold because it was cold. The sheep had freeze to death. There's nothing about Mary riding on a donkey. Now, I would think that if... I, I, these, are, these were not... These were not wealthy people. And, and as, a, as a conveyance, you, to have a donkey, you were, you were middle class, and they, they certainly weren't, and they didn't have Uber back then. So, so here was, they, they probably walked, and they probably rested a lot, because Mary was great with child. And, and despite what you may have seen as a child growing up, Jesus wasn't born in a barn, a cute, sweet little manger. It was more, more than likely... It was a cave under a house and where the animals were, were kept. And what about the three kings? 
Three kings? They weren't kings. They were called, uh, they were never called that in scripture. They were called magi or wise men from the east. And there's no number of wise men given. They, the, 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 I think it was the fancy songwriters, you know, the, the, because of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And, and how could you have we no number kings traveling afar? I mean, you, you, it, it, just, it just wouldn't, it, 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 there wouldn't be that zip, you know what I mean? We black kings from, yeah, it wouldn't work. And, and there's no number of them. And they didn't even show up when Jesus was born. These guys showed up two years later, and Jesus was, was probably two. And, and the Bible never mentions an innkeeper. All it says is there's no room for him. Be, because it's possible there was never even an inn involved. A recent study uh, notes that the Greek word normally translated as inn uh, in Luke 2.7 is best translated as a place to stay. So that could be anything. And more than likely, uh, it, was, it was relatives. We don't know that... Uh, did, did jo- you know, there's a lot of mystery about Joseph. And I think when I get to heaven, I'm going to get that cleared up. You know, was he an old man who married this young girl? We don't, was, he a, was he an only child? Did his, did his family die? Were they, I mean, what, what ha- why couldn't they have stayed with the in-laws? You know, no mention is, is made there. It's just a place to stay. But the main focus of the scripture here was there was no room for him. And we want to apply that to our lives today. And it has nothing to do with donkeys, gold, frankincense, or myrrh. It has nothing to do with, with a, a carpenter. or it, it, it's, The point is there's no room for Jesus. How does that fit in your heart today? And we're going to conclude with that. I'm, not right now. <laughs> I got some more to say. But, but there is no room for Jesus. And why wasn't there? Is a very pregnant mother and her husband. Now granted, Bethlehem was crowded, but Luke 2, 1 through 3 says, At that time the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census be taken throughout the Roman Empire. And this was the first census taken when uh, Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. So everybody who was born in Bethlehem came home. The problem was that Joseph and Mary were kind of late to, to the party. And that's probably may have been why there wasn't a place to stay. But you'd have thought somebody would have been, been like that four-year-old in the play that they'd say, hey, come on, come on in. Well, the kids can sleep on the floor you know, we'll, 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 we'll pack you in somewhere. Um, somebody could have taken pity on this expectant mother. Somebody could have made room, but nobody. There was no room anywhere. No one made room for Christ. Why was that? Well, I, I, I submit three things. And the first thing is, Jesus didn't fit into their lives. They didn't know him. They didn't know Mary. Well, they, they may have known Joseph. They may have known... Mary, they, they, as the family, but, but they didn't have any inclination of who this baby was going to be. John 1.11 says, he came to his own people, and even they rejected him. People rejected Mary and Joseph partly because they, they had their own lives to live. Hey, we're that way. We're that way. 
you know, maybe we don't, uh, maybe we don't reach out because they really aren't the pretty people. Maybe we don't reach out because we're busy with our own stuff in our own home, with our own family, with our own kids, with our, with our own problems in our house. We, we don't have time to reach out because, because he doesn't fit into our lives. They don't want to be bothered. And letting Jesus be born in their room uh, or their house was, was really inconvenient. And I've been noticing um, that people haven't changed much over the years. Jesus is becoming more and more inconvenient in our own culture. Halloween time. I, 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 I don't like to shop. I go to Walmart to get a prescription picked up or something. But I, I do not like to shop. But I was in Walmart before Halloween, and they'd already started putting up Christmas decorations. You know, all over Hobby Lobby, Michaels, all those places. They start putting up Christmas decorations. They even start singing Christmas, playing Christmas music in Halloween. And one of these days, they're going to get so caught up in it, they're going to start decorating after the 4th of July. And I, you know, the capitalist pig in me says, yeah, I understand because this is the biggest, the biggest uh, revenue stream of the entire year for retailers. They make a boatload of money and they, they want to strike while the iron's hot. So I'm looking at all the yard ornaments and, and uh, the blow-up, Santas and the blow-up deer and the blow-up cute little things. And, and I noticed they were selling all kinds of these things. And, and maybe, maybe I'd pick something up. And sure enough, if I picked something up, Saria would say to me, did you keep the receipt? Because that's going back. <laughs> you know, there's Santas, there's reindeer, and there's candy canes and snowman families. And I noticed that something was missing in all the displays. Jesus. Nothing about Jesus. They didn't even have a blow-up manger scene. No manger scenes, no magi from the east, no star to light up the heavens. Even the angels were off limits. The music was all about Santa and Grandma getting run over by a reindeer. Now, that's a catchy tune, and I think that we could put, I think we could put some, some really cool lyrics to that song, Matt. I, 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 I want to task you to do that. <laughs> but, but why would they leave Christ out of Christmas? Because they might offend somebody. Well, I'm offended. But I guess I don't really matter. I'm just the consumer. Well, it isn't surprising here because apparently somebody finally figured out that baby Jesus is dangerous. And, and they're right. The innocent baby born in a manger is a proclamation that God became, became flesh and dwelt among us. And they don't want to hear about that at all. Matthew 1.21 says, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Look, it's Jesus. Look, he's in the midst of us. Look. He isn't inconvenient. So people began to catch on that baby Jesus would one day grow up to be a man and the man would say things that would make people mad. 
And that man would be beaten and whipped and crucified and die on a cross. And all that would happen because Jesus had come to die for sinners. Die, which means everybody, all of us, is a sinner. He died for you and me. Do you have room for Jesus? You kidding me? No? You got a ham to cook, a turkey to bake? Presents to wrap? Somebody's got to patch the hole in the blow-up reindeer out front? No room? People don't like to hear that. And that truth is inconvenient for a world that would rather not be bothered. There's no room in their homes. There's no room in their lives. There's no room for Jesus to be born. Growing up, we went to a thing called Midnight Mass. Anybody ever hear of that? Any of you old Catholics in here hear about that? Yeah, Midnight Mass. They wake you up, get you dressed, and make you go to church at midnight. And, and it was... So it, it was really so, it was, it was something cool. It really was. There was a lot of pageantry. But where really did Jesus fit in all of that? Because we'd come home just being chock full of religiosity and have the tree and the presence, and, and Jesus wasn't anywhere in there. Oh, we had a little major, major scene with a light bulb in the back of it to symbolize the Star of David. And uh, but that was about it. And so we can be upset about that or we can take it as a challenge. And do you realize that we're being, beginning to face the same challenges today that Jesus faced when he was born? The same exact things. John 1.11 says, He came to his own people and even they rejected him. People don't get excited about accepting him then and they're not getting excited about accepting him now. Because Jesus doesn't really matter. We don't have any room for him. People, people accepted Jesus as their Savior by the thousands back in the day because his followers, the followers of Christ, literally turned the world upside down. Are we followers of Jesus today? If we are, we ought to be turning the world upside down. We've got the same Holy Spirit. We've got the same amount of lost people out there, maybe even more. We have the same opportunities and we have better ways and better strategies to reach them. You know, these people back then didn't even have manger scenes. Believe it or not, they did not have blow-up reindeer. And at how in the world could they celebrate the birth of Christ without all that? Well, here's the flash. They did it by talking to people about Jesus. Do you want to impact the world? Do you want to upset the world? Turn it on its ear? Start talking to your neighbor. Start talking to your friends at work. Start talking among your family about who Jesus is. They told others why he meant so much to them, and in the same way, that's how we can change the world around us. We can use the Christmas story, and I hate that word story because it's not a story. It's an event. We can use that, that event to do the same much better, but we've got to realize our culture isn't going to help us much like it once did. Just like the early church, it's up to us. So the re- first reason there was no room was because Jesus didn't fit into their lives. The second reason is that, that Jesus' message didn't fit into their thinking. 
So I could try explaining this in various ways, but the first thing that occurred to me was that Mary was pregnant. <laughs> and her pregnancy had the taint of illegitimacy. When she showed up in Bethlehem, Joseph was still betrothed. She was still betrothed to Joseph. They weren't technically man and wife yet. It was a small geographical area. You look at the map. I mean, it was, it was, really, it was really small. You bicyclers could, could do that in a couple of hours. And they were from this area, so everybody probably knew them. And if there had been a wedding, a lot of the people would have been invited. And you know how people in small towns are. And did you hear? Do you know? Have they? Well, maybe it was someone else. Oh, poor Joseph. That nasty rascal Joseph. So they were talking. And so many people believe that she had either been sleeping around or Joseph got her pregnant. Either way, no one wanted her in their home. There was no room because they saw her as a sinful woman. From his birth onward, the big question was, who was Jesus' father? Was it really Joseph? In those days, if a boy was illegitimate, he was often named after the town he came from. Thus, you never hear Jesus called uh, uh, Jesus Ben Joseph, Jesus the son of Joseph. But he was almost always referred to as Jesus of Nazareth. And in the midst of his ministry, his enemies snidely said in, in John eight forty one, No, you are imitating your real father. They replied, We aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our father. But you, Jesus. <laughs> By way of implication, they were, they were saying that Jesus was Ill- illegitimate. Do you, do you think God knew what they were going to say? Yeah, he isn't in for surprise. He, he is not surprised by anything that happens. He has orchestrated things. He doesn't, he does, he's not a puppet master, but he has orchestrated things, and he knows. Do you think when God set this whole thing in motion of having a virgin bear the Christ child that people would accuse him of being illegitimate? Do you think he was surprised by that? I, I think not. I think that, Jesus, that God knew exactly because it was part of the gospel message. Now think about this. Who carried Jesus into Bethlehem? Who carried him? Who? Mary? Did you say Mary? Well, how in the world did she carry him because he wasn't born yet? What, what? I see a lot of hand motions, but I'm old. I can't, I'm not, I'm no good at hieroglyphics. Or, no. <laughs> how did she carry him? In her, in her room? Oh, in her womb. She was pregnant. She hadn't given birth yet. So here she was trundling along with this baby. No, no donkey. I don't know if Joseph gave her a piggyback ride. He could have. I don't know. But I bet they did rest, rest a lot. So obviously it was Mary. And if I'm right, Mary was rejected because of the sin of the people they thought they saw in her life. Thus, people had no room for Jesus because they had no room for sinners. But sinners were who Jesus came to save, the you's and the me's. The gospel was spread by people who were the imperfect and the rejected of this world. Pretty people make me nervous. 
okay, I'm getting, I'm getting looks. Let me explain pretty people to you. Pretty people are the people that, and there's nothing wrong with getting dressed up. You girls, oh, you look lovely today. Mwah. But the pretty people are the snooty people. They get all dressed up in their finery, and, and they think that because they, they have all the right words to say, and they have position, and maybe they're big shots in the church, and they look down their noses at people who don't quite measure up. Maybe they don't have the right clothes. Maybe they don't have the right smell. Maybe they don't come from the right side of town. Maybe they live someplace that you say you'd never ever live in your, in your wildest dreams. And they become judgmental. Those are the pretty people and they made me, they, they, they really upset me. I was asked, uh, Pastor, do you have a dress code? I said, yes. Well, what is it? <laughs> come dressed. I don't care if you come in a sweatshirt, a t-shirt. I don't care if you come in a tank top. I don't come, care if you come in shirts, sh- uh, 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 short sleeves, and, and flip-flops. Come. Because Jesus doesn't care either. We put so much emphasis on what the outward appearance is that we forget that we're trying to touch the inward. Now, if the outward is really, you know, you, you come here wearing Guns N' Roses t-shirts, you know, we can, we can teach that out of you. That, that's, not a, that's, not a, that's not a problem. But don't you dare look down your nose because they don't measure up your ex, to your expectations because that's... <laughs> Jesus was born in a feed trough. December of 1792, a boy named Joseph Moore was born in Salzburg, Austria. He was illegitimate. Children born out of wedlock were looked down on by the Austrians, and they levied a heavy fine on Joseph's mother. In addition, because of his illegitimacy, he was banned from attending school. He couldn't go to a trade school. He certainly couldn't go to the university. He couldn't even hold a real job. But Joseph Moore loved to sing, and eventually he became a priest. And one night, he sat down, and he wrote a song, and we all know it, and we all sing it, a whole bunch, every Christmas. Joseph Moore wrote Silent Night, and it's the most popular hymn that's ever been written. It's been translated into 200 languages, and God used the once rejected and illegitimate child named Joseph Moore to write a song of praise for the baby Jesus, who also faced rejection because he was accused of being an illegitimate child. My point is, God can use us and will use anyone who's willing to tell others about Jesus. He'll, he'll do it. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done or where you're from. God can and will use you if you let him. We were in, in, our, in our men's... Okay, if you're a man, raise your hand. If you're a man... Ladies, get your hand down. Get your hand down. Okay, men. Again, men, if you did not have an area of service that you were performing in the church this morning, were you in our men's class? Raise your hand. Okay. Who wasn't in our men's class? The, what? 
I'm not, I, I got past that, Jerry. I, hey, this is solo, okay? I'm working by myself here. Okay, so there's guys that weren't there, but man, did you guys, and I'm not, I'm not rebuking you. I'm poking you a little bit. But, but we had a, a phenomenal uh, uh, study today. And this, if, you know, you say, you know, these, these Bible studies, uh, these, these, this Sunday school, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to, I, I've heard all the stories. Yeah, but, but have you ever sat in and heard a group of Navy SEALs talk about Jesus? Real men talking about Jesus, saying that, that I will be killed, and that's the only way I won't get up from being knocked down. I will, be, I will be dead. And that's the only way that you're going to keep me from getting back up. And we need men like that. And God is going to use men like that. He's going to use young men like that. You guys are, you guys are warriors in training. And so... And so I would encourage you to be a part of that. Boy, Jeff just did a stellar job in picking this material out for us. And my heart's been blessed. So, you know, we, we get feeling sorry for ourselves, guys. And that, that transforms, that, or that translates into how we deal with ourselves at home. And, and that will influence us at home. And it kind of can set a, a, a negative tone at home. So, so men, be a man. And, and come to that place where you say... I will be dead before I get before if I will be dead before I won't get back up. I'll get slapped down. I'll lose my job. I'll get sick. I'll get I'll get treated like dirt. I will have my family desert me. I'll be knocked down flat. And if I'm that far down, God can't use me. Yes, he can, because he's not going to let you stay down. You're going to stay down only because you want to. So if you feel down, quit feeling sorry for yourself. Get back up. And you say, John, I need help. Great. we got a bunch of helpers here. God is going to be using anybody, and he'll use you if you let him. And this leads to the third reason. I believe people had no room for Jesus. They didn't see a need for him. There was no need for Jesus. Babies are cute, but they can't do anything for you. I've got the cutest, I've got the cutest great-grandbabies that you've ever seen in your life. And their dogs are cute, too. They can't do anything for you. They make you happy, but, but you've got to... They, they, they gurgle and they smile and they're entertaining, but they don't physically do anything for you. Go get the paper. Well, he can't. He can't even hold his bottle. So you need to feed them and burp them and, and change their exhaust. And, and when it comes to Jesus, a lot of people don't have room for him because they don't see him as doing anything for them. I can't see him. All I'm doing is I'm hearing about this, this plastic Jesus out in somebody's yard and, and that isn't doing anything because in the morning they turn off the compressor and Jesus is flat. Not my Jesus. You can't blow up my Jesus. My Jesus is real. 
And it's not that he's cute and he doesn't gurgle. He saves the lost and there's no room for him. John 1.11 says he came to his own people and they even, re- even they rejected him. Why would people receive him, wouldn't receive him? Because they didn't need him. They believed that they had other ways to get to heaven. And that's what the next few verses in John 1 tell us in 12, 13, 12 through 13. 1, 12 through 13. But as many as received him, to them gave he the right, some say the power, the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. In those days, if you were born in a Jewish family, you were a Jew. If you were part of the old covenant because of the blood of your you were part of the old covenant because of the blood of your ancestors. The only way you can become a Christian is by accepting Christ, the blood of Christ. We have become Christians by being part of that new covenant, the covenant of Jesus Christ. John says that you can't get to heaven by the will of the flesh. A person can't decide they'll be accepted by God because of how nice or righteous they are. Yeah, there's going to be pretty people, pretty people in heaven, but that's not what's going to get them to heaven. They believe that they do enough good things, God's going to impress, they'll walk, be impressed, they'll walk right past the pearly gates and straight into heaven. They're in, because they did good things. John says you can't get into heaven by the will of man. And many churches teach that you can make that choice for your children. The parents have their baby sprinkled and dipped and dunked and waved around a magic prayer cloth that will wipe the demons off your dishes, put around them, and they become part of the family of God. John says you can't do that either. The will of the parent or the grandparent or the spouse can't get someone else into heaven. It's all about your personal decision to belong to Christ. So becoming Christians, a Christian is very simple. You have to make a decision. you gotta, you got to see that that yes, I've got room, I've got room for Jesus, amen? I've got a place for Jesus. I don't understand it. I don't know how it all works, but I've got room. I'm going to make room. You have to believe that Jesus died for your sin, that, that you have to accept that your sin would rob you of heaven. You need to repent of your sin. You have to confess that Jesus is your Savior. Let me review for you. There's no room in Bethlehem for Jesus, who was unborn at the time that they arrived, because he didn't fit into people's lives. Jesus was inconvenient. Second thing, his message didn't fit into people's thinking. He came for the lost. They didn't believe they were lost. There's nothing wrong with us. We have a history of a Jewish tradition. And you're telling me that this baby born in a feed trough is going to save me from my sin? That's why I have the priest. That's why I have the temple. And the third thing, they rejected him because they didn't think he could do anything for them. I don't need Jesus because he doesn't do squat. I have prayed and prayed and prayed for X. X didn't happen. Brother, I don't know why Cole's got the cancer came back again. I don't know. But it did. And Jesus had a reason. 
my little sister. I don't know why the cancer came back, but it did. Jesus has a reason. And if I could, I'd heal you. You remember the, the three guys that were getting ready to get thrown into the, the fiery furnace because they wouldn't worship the, the statue? He said, God's going to save this is This is a rough translation here. He says, God's going to save us. But even if he doesn't, God will, re, God will spare us. He will save us. He will remove us from this fiery furnace. But, O oh king, even if he doesn't, we will still praise him. If he doesn't get me out of the wheelchair, we're going to praise him. If there was a busted up spleen, we're going to praise him. I'm lonely. I don't have anybody in my life that I can share the burdens with. I, I, I'm talking to you. I'm getting to you in a minute. I, I don't have anybody to share my life with, my burdens with. Jesus is there. And I don't know why my kids are haywire. I don't know why that that son-in-law is being so controlling. I don't understand it. I don't know why I can't get along with my family. But even so, I will praise Jesus. So, the little four-year-old story represents total unfairness shown to Mary and Joseph, but being turned away for a place to stay is so powerful that that, 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 that that testimony even causes little children to get upset. Every part of the story still speaks to children and adults of this day. A baby born in a lowly manger, and that's just the way God intended it. If he had been born in a palace or a beautiful home, he wouldn't have been as approachable as he is being born in a manger. So the question I have for you this morning, take it home. Think about it through Christmas. Do you have room for Jesus Christ in your life? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for those who have come today. I thank you for the way that we've been led in, in worship today. I I praise you for, for being the God who, who isn't surprised by the adversity that we face. Lord, may, may we be courageous in accepting that, that which, which we don't understand, that which is uncomfortable, that which is heartbreaking, that which is devastating to us. May we be courageous to understand that this isn't just by happenstance, but through that, even though you don't bring us out of that, we will praise you. And I do that because I know that, that, that I have made a place in my life for Jesus by receiving him as my personal Savior. That, that Jesus came to earth in a very humble way. As a baby, born in a feed trough. And yet he went to, this, he went to the cross, being a perfect and holy God. 
gave his life that I might live forever. And if you're here today, my friend, and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you're here and you have never made that, that decision to have Christ come into your life and save you from your sin, I encourage you this Christmas season, what a wonderful time it would be to settle it once and for all. Jesus, be my Savior. Lord Jesus, I don't understand it, but right now, in the best way I know how, I ask you to come into my life and save me from my sin. And Lord, I believe that you died on the cross that I might have life eternal with you, that I'll be in heaven with you because of what you did for me on, on the cross. So Lord, I receive you now. You have my life. I thank you for it in your son's precious name. If you prayed that prayer and you never prayed it before, but you did just now, lift your hand up. I want to pray with you. 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 Father, thank you for those who've raised their hand. Lord, give us that, that opportunity to uh, fellowship and to love one another this season. I ask this in your precious name. Amen.